of finance that I've heard in this church. Thanks, Julie. I've got to do it before I get into just sharing around Vision Sunday. And, and Josh has just brought a great welcome if it's your first time here. I give you a warm welcome as well, as well uh, today. And you will get something from it. You'll be inspired, I, I pray. But before I just launch into what I want to say, I just need to say this. I know we celebrate all the great things that God has done. But I also want to just pay honor to a group of people who... I believe are incredible in the life of the church. We honor every dream teamer, everybody who serves, gives of themselves in a voluntary capacity and just gives huge rafts of time and energy and resource. And we just love that. But I just want to say uh, sincerely on behalf of the church, I am so grateful to uh, the pastors of uh, Arena Church. Um, I, I am so grateful for what you do, for the way that you serve. Uh, the spirit in which you do it, it's always above and beyond. I'm so grateful to all the elders and their wives. Thank you guys for just being an incredible support and help to me and, um, and to the team to just keep us on track, make sure that we're doing everything as we should do. Uh, I'm so grateful for all those who lead departments and you have uh, weight, you carry weight. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you. And I wonder if collectively as a church, you know who you are, I've mentioned, it's impossible for me to name you by name, but I wonder if we could just give thanks to God for, for these guys. So are we okay to just put our hands together? Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. It's also great to um, just receive cards and, and emails. I often reflect and comment on the fact that I sometimes on occasions get cards and emails that aren't particularly pleasant, but I'm also very grateful to those people over the past year gone who have sent me some beautiful cards and uh, beautiful letters of support and encouragement and goodwill, and I'm very grateful uh, to you all. We've looked back, but now we need to look forward. And the Bible is absolutely full of some very interesting characters That's why I'd encourage you to just get a copy of the Bible. If you've not got a Bible, we'd love to give you one and we'll give you an opportunity at the end. But I encourage you to read it because there's some really, really interesting characters in the Bible who lived very interesting lives. And what I love about the Bible characters is they were fully human. You get everything written about them. It's almost as if, I don't know whether any of you diarize or journal some of your thoughts and reflections, failures. And it's almost as if the Bible's like that. But the only difference is we're now reading their lives. We see all their imperfections. I wouldn't want anybody seeing my journal. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But, you know, we see all their frailties. We see all their mistakes. We see all their passions. We see all their defeats. And we also see all their victories. And in Genesis 37... There's a very interesting um, statement that's made about a young man. He's only 17. And we want to continue to draw out our young people in the life of this church and believe you that you're going to do great things in Jesus' name. And his name was Joseph. And it says in verse 5 of Genesis and 37 that Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream. And this man, Joseph, there's been shows that have been written about him. There's been books that's been written about him. And even if you're not a Christian here today or, you know, really biblically aware, you would be familiar with Joseph and his coat, the amazing Technicolor dream coat. And his story pulsates with 
vision and with dreams. Joseph's story is all about drama and betrayal and highs and lows. If you've read the the four or five chapters of his life, it's an incredible story. And in the midst of that, Joseph didn't just have a dream, he carried a dream. And at the end, I just want to reflect on some things that Joseph had to do with this dream. I wonder what your dream is. I was reflecting again, August 28th, 1963. There was a man by the name of Martin Luther King. And he had a famous speech on the steps there as they walked through Washington, D.C. And the whole essence of his message was, I have a dream. In July 20th, 1969, there was a group of astronauts that went to the moon for the very first time as part of the mission called Apollo 11. And there were countries who were fighting because they all had a dream and they all wanted to be the first country that placed the first man upon the moon. It started with a dream. And I honestly believe in all my heart that we are not just looking bad back, but we continue to look forward. When I use the word dream, we could also use the word vision. And vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. I'll say that again. Vision is a picture that we paint of the future that produces passion. That's why you'll have people on this platform. They're not just jumping around because they feel all right. They're on a stage. They're living with passion. When you come to any significant ministry of Arena Church, you'll see people there with a smile on their face, with just some drive in their heart. And what is it? It's because they're carrying a vision in their heart that fuels a passion within them. A God-honoring vision that God births in a church will always bring change to the world. And we have a mission a vision here at Arena Church that I want to remind you of. We see a block here. For those who are able to see over here on my right, it says here that we believe that we are a church who is going to go and grow and love and serve our world. It's an easy statement for you to remember. If it's your first time here, just remember, go, grow, love and serve. That's all you need to do. That is in essence what we believe that God has given us a picture about. How we can go, how we can grow, how we can love, how we can serve this world. These simple 11 words speak of pioneering, advancement, change, making a difference, compassion, healing for the broken, never settling, not just local, but global, increase, largeness, breakthrough, and transformation. Just in these 11 words, that's what it's saying. We're not believing for just the normal, mediocre kind of life. We're believing God for something greater than that. In fact, what we do is We carry a city, vision, heart, and mindset into our market towns that we're so grateful to be part of. This vision is large and expansive. It's full of imagination, and it's creative. This vision that we have here at Arena Church is about multi-campuses, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, multi-lights spread across this nation and the nation's of the world. 
I hope you got the, the, the thought of multi, 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 multi. If you're from a different colour to white, you are so welcome here. We love the fact that you're here. If you're young, you are very welcome. If you're getting on in years, you're very welcome. Can I hear a big amen from the older ones amongst us? You're very, very welcome here. And we're so grateful for you being here. You see, pioneers don't read maps. They draw them. And this may all sound wonderful, but all this now needs work. So how will this happen? How are we going to go and grow and love and serve our world? Because we can all get dreams, we can all get visions, but how does this happen? Well, I believe that good leaders create a vision, articulate the vision, passionately own the vision, and relentlessly drive it to completion. You see, what I'm basically seeing it saying is this, vision without execution is delusion. Hello? Or another way of putting it is, vision without execution is hallucination. Because there are some people who are forever saying what they're going to do, and I always want to ask them, when are you going to go and do it? Am I speaking to anybody today? There's people who have good intentions, but what are you going to do? When are you actually going to begin to live this dream out in your heart? And here at Arena Church, we never want to just have a statement that sits on a wall, but never thinks about how we can actually accomplish the vision that God has given to us. Proverbs 12 and verse 11. I don't know why I've memorized this verse as a young boy, and I, 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 I quote it the wrong way around. Because what it actually says is this, those who work the land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies, it has no sense. I actually prefer what it says in, in an older translation. It says this, he who chases fantasies lacks judgment, but he who works his land will have abundant food. Let me just break that down just very quickly because I know I'm on the clock. He who chases fantasies lacks judgment. If you are forever talking about what you're going to do, what you're going to do, what you're going to be doing, and you've been doing this for years, what you're going to do, what you're going to do, I, I just encourage you to begin to stop and say, okay, is this of God? Is this of God? Because if it is of God, he's going to do it. Or is this me chasing a fantasy? You know, here at Arena Church, we don't want to be chasing fantasies. We don't want to be fantasizing. Is another way of putting it. We want to live with a dream in our hearts. But then what it says is that if you want to see the dream come reality, the Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs says this, he who works his land, oh, there's that dirty word, work. He who works his land will have abundant food. I'm a, do I keep going in and out? He who works his land will have abundant food. You see, it's going to take hard work. It's going to take graft. And I am so grateful for all the people who serve and work and give and help in the life of Arena Church to make this become a living reality. Just very quickly before I move on to the four statements that I want to make, a vision will fuel us, it will refresh us, and it will recharge us in the midst of our darkest days. It really will. You know, when God is at work amongst us here in Arena Church, I hope you can sense the fresh air, the momentum that's in the house. And what we want to do just over these few minutes that I've got with you is I want to just bring clarity. I want to bring clarity because we've explained our, our overriding mission of what we want to do. But now we're going to talk about how we're going to deliver that. 
This will not be new to you, but I want to clarify it. I want everybody walking away from Marina saying, we get what Christian's on about. We get what the leaders are about. We've got it. We understand it. You know, it's not complex. It's not rocket science. You don't need a degree, five degrees. You don't have gone to a top university. Hello? Is that good news for some people? Great. It is for me. We just simply are able to work this through. And it all talks about steps because we want to help you, not the band. Can you remember that terrible band? Tragedy! Sorry, I better move on. We want to help people with steps. And so the first thing I want to say is this. Our first passion with regards to how do we visionary and goal-wise outwork this is we want people to know God. We want people to know God. If you don't know God today, we so desperately and passionately want you to know God. We can't make you know God. We can't force you. We can't cajole you. We wouldn't try to do any of that. And if you're on a journey to try and understand to know God, I was talking to somebody last week, and I just said to them, go at your own pace. They're not in faith. They weren't pretending. They're very honest, actually, and it was really refreshing with this gentleman, I just said, go at your own pace. But we want to, we, we, we're unashamed in saying, saying we want you to understand and we want you to actually know God. I'm not saying this for political gain, but we can know about, we can know of, or we can have even been introduced to someone, but we don't really know them. So for example, I know of Donald Trump, or should I say President Trump. I know about President Trump, or so I think, according to the media, I can even recognize President Trump. Does everybody know who I'm talking about when I'm saying, yeah, Donald Trump? But I don't know him. But I don't know him. And you may think like you know him because you've heard a lot about him. You've heard a lot of people who've reflected on him, but you don't actually know him. You only actually know somebody when you spend time with them intimately. And this is how a lot of people come in their relationship with God. You see, you may come to church. It's great to come to church. You're very welcome to come to church, but it's not about just gathering on a Sunday. You may have read the Bible many times. You may have read many books. You may have been to a number of conferences. They're all admirable, and we encourage you in that. But I'm not talking about knowing about God, knowing of God. I'm talking about you actually knowing God for yourself. You see, it says in Matthew And chapter 7, when Jesus says these words, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? He's saying, didn't we do a lot of stuff for you? Spiritual stuff. And then he will say them, tell them plainly, I never knew you. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. You may say, really? You see, it's not just about knowing about God. And this is what we talk about with this whole thought of knowing God. We're wanting to introduce you to him intimately. And the thought behind this, this word, as you delve into this word, you, I never knew you, is gnosko. You've heard me say this before. And it's to know and become known. It's to perceive and feel and sense and be heard. In fact, what he's talking about is in sexual relations between a husband and a wife. That knowing. 
That's what he's talking about. And we are passionate about wanting to introduce people, not just to the celebration of the house, not just to the atmosphere of the house, not just to the ministries of this house, and not just the joy and peace that we enjoy. And we love all those things, and we want to fuel all those things. But we want you to know God. We want you to know God. Because when you know God, your life will change. We can do all we can to try and put in you, but it's ultimately only God who will bring change to your life. The way I put it is this. We want people to know the furious, passionate love of God. His love is furious and it's passionate. How do we do that? Well, we introduce that through our weekend youth and young adult services. Not exclusively, but that is why we take a lot of time to create services that will draw people in. That you can be super comfortable to bring your unsaved friends and family members and whatever. And they know they're going to be in an environment that they've got a good chance of understanding. That is why we do what we do. And thank you for those who put aside their past traditions. And even some of the songs that you would love to sing. For the sake of the greater good of reaching lost people. We, we celebrate you and thank you. It was great to have 300 first time guests over Christmas. And 30 responded by taking first time packs. And actually took a Bible. It's a wonderful thing. We had 68 first time decisions. 25 baptisms. But we're leaning into 2015. And we believe in God for even more. Could we believe together for 125 salvations? Could we believe together for 75 baptisms over both campuses? You see, we're going from a church of around 500. There's about 500 people now connected, not loosely, to the life of our church. And growing into a church of thousands by God's grace. And we want to do that, first of all, by people knowing God. I'm going to introduce... A young man to the stage who's never spoken from this stage before. And he's going to talk to us about how he knew God and how he's got to know God. So I wonder if you'd welcome, put your hands together, Prash. If you'd just come forward. Just put it to the left. Wonderful. Prash, I just wonder if I could just ask you a few questions under this whole thought of knowing God. First of all, could you just explain to everybody, what is your background? Um, so I'm from a Hindu background. I was brought up as a Hindu. Um, and, um, I guess I'm from a bit of the music world as, as I drifted away, um, from home and, um, yeah, I guess that is my background. Okay. And how did you start attending Arena Church? Uh, Jordan invited me. Yeah. So it's all her fault. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what, 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 what did that look like? Was it a matter of you just connected? And she, I know Jordan does concerts as well and music. And it, was it through the music you Yeah, first? Yeah, so we, we were both playing a gig together and we just met like that. And I guess I was just, I was curious about it because of how Jordan spoke about it, okay. um, about church, you know. So. And what were your first thoughts when you came here? What did you think about us, honestly? It, well, it was a completely different world to anything I've ever experienced before. Um, but in a good way, like uh, when people were welcoming and like everyone's giving you a hug and I'm like, oh, this is nice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you started to come in and there's many people who start coming, but that isn't where I want to go to. And of course, you come from a very different background religiously. Uh, but you know God. I've, I've met with you. I've spent a bit of time with you. You now know God. Tell me what happened. Tell me, tell me what happened in that knowing God. It was, well, I think it, life just seemed a bit 
erratic, you know. It just seemed a bit crazy. And then just kind of having loads of questions. And like, I know we've spoke about loads of things together. And I guess I just questioned a lot of things. But then I just realized there's just this real peace about knowing God. And I don't know, it's just like, a, a, like feeling love all the time. Um, and I'm still getting to know God. Um, and I still have questions, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's who I am, and that's natural for me. But, um, yeah, I just think there's something amazing about feeling loved. And was there an actual point of decision, or has it been a gradual place where you just knew that Jesus is your saviour and you knew that you needed to commit your life to Jesus? Just Yeah, I, I think it, it was gradual for me because, I, yeah, I guess... You hear about a lot of people who have like, yeah, revelations like overnight. And um, I guess I was always thinking, oh, maybe it happened like that for me. But it didn't. Um, and I guess I had to work through things. And um, But as, as I did and kind of figured out my questions that I had in my head, um, it all just fell into place and it just made sense to me. You know? yeah. yeah. Pressure's definitely continues to be on a journey to know God and if you're still here you're very welcome you can that's why I want to explain the journey but here's a young man who knows God and I have to say for me it's worth doing all that we do just for one but thank God we're not just having one we're having many so thanks Prash thank you so as I close on this one what is our responsibility if we want to help people to know God, because you'll notice that Prash brought the block, not me. Because if this vision is completely dependent on me or upon Julie or upon the elders, we're stuffed. Is that okay? We are stuffed completely. Stephen will explain in Mansfield, I'll caught his attention over there. He is completely dependent upon the congregation of Mansfield, the campus of Mansfield, to take hold of this. So what is our responsibility, mine included? Well, I think we need to pray passionately, intentionally. We can pray that people will know God. We need to do that individually, every day. Your friends, your families, your, your, the, your closest, your dearest to you. But we can also gather, and Josh has already reminded us on Tuesdays, please make it a commitment to just come once a month, if that's what you can make. Just come once a month and just, if you can only get there at quarter to seven and you've got to be gone by five past seven, that's cool. Just come and just be part of it. Secondly, I think we need to have an urgency, an urgency. The reality is this world is very, very dark. People are broken. People are lost. I don't know whether you've ever done this, but walk down the street, walk in a shopping mall, look into people's eyes. Don't do it so they're going to end up saying you're a weirdo or a freak or whatever. But just watch people. There's a lostness in many people. And I increasingly have an urgency about seeing lost people. That's why I'm committed to not just remaining with a few hundred, but believing God for thousands upon thousands to be saved. I think we should love people as they are and we serve them. And you can do that through baking a cake. We heard last week with Sue... And Des, with regard to safer families, what a wonderful overflow of just God just helping the church, Sue, to just bless safer families. Wonderful. And we can also do it through inviting and through bringing. There are some people here, you're incredible at inviting and bringing your friends. 
God's doing something amongst this 18 to 30, 30 age group. There's more and more of you coming. Keep bringing your friends. But the, we, we have to take the responsibility. Also, I'm a few years older than that. It's a responsibility for me to keep reaching out to my friends, my colleagues, to show them and speak to them about the love of God. Secondly, what do we want to do? Well, we want to help people to find freedom. We don't just want people to know God because many people can know God, but they never enter into a sense of freedom. Can I just, for a moment, if you've never heard this before, it would be a miss of me. And you know what burns in my heart to just say, and if you've heard this before a million times, just listen intently like you've never, just show me like you've never heard it before. And that will really encourage me. But Jesus came to bring pardon to people. He came to bring grace and freedom to everyone. Where God is, there is freedom. That's why I don't believe that God is a big bad God wanting to hit us with a stick. And God is boring and the church is boring and it's lifeless. That's not God. God is full of freedom. He's full of life. He's full of joy. He's full of openness and just wants to forgive us and just bless us and just pour out his mercy and grace upon us. But the reality is this God comes to us and he knows we are a mess. Oh, if only you know, I am a mess outside of God. My first step was knowing God and my second step was saying, God, I need to come into freedom. All of us are in recovery. Sin took its hold of us. We were liars. We were lusters. We were cheaters. We were angry. We were full of bitterness. We were abusive. We were selfish. We had hatred in our hearts. We were gossipy. And some of you have done even worse than that. But Jesus came and comes to break the chains. And what I've realized is this. Jesus comes to break the chains, but actually it's groups that keep us accountable and protected. You see, in groups, we can find friendship. In groups, we find safety. In groups, we find a place where people can be themselves without being judged. It's a place to grow and develop. A place to get healed. And if we want to help people to find freedom, we do that through small groups. If I can say this, small groups are our thing. There's the Americanism coming out. Sorry, it's so bad, Eleanor. Okay. But they're our thing. Just nudge the person next to you and say, small groups are our thing. Paul, I wonder if you would mind just... We value Paul and we value all the small group leaders. Listen to me, all those who serve in small groups. We believe that people find freedom... Through being in small groups. Next week, Paul is going to be, thanks Paul, Paul's going to be sharing just around the whole thought of small groups. And I'd encourage you to come because we're going to be talking about how these groups are places of interest. If you want to run a group in the daytime, that's wonderful. If you want to do it in an evening, theme groups, same age, different ages. We want to create groups for all. What I've been really impacted by is just some of the stories that Paul has told me. And just talking to some of you small group leaders, you've told me about how meals have been cooked, people have been cared for, new parents have been supported. supported. There's been a loss of a loved one and you've been cared for. How has that happened? Through the group. You see, we believe in the gathering, 
But we also believe in groups. And part of our group philosophy is just very simply around five words. It's going to come on the screen. First of all, we want it to be a place of encouragement. We want them to be a place where it's spiritual and scriptures. And it doesn't always have to be Bible teaching, but just God is at the center. Well, it's a place of prayer, but it's not prayer groups. It may be that you need prayer and somebody will just pray for you and help you and encourage you. But we also want it to be a place where the leaders will just, and the group will help you to move to your next step. I didn't say, but in knowing God, the step that we encourage for is baptism. We want to bring people to a point of baptism. And then the last thing is we want them to be a place of outreach and outward focus. E-S-P-N. Sorry, guys, the O's on the end because you thought you were going to get the sports channel, didn't you? But you've got the O on the end. E-S-P-N-O. So what is our responsibility with people finding freedom? Well, I just want to be blunt with you and we'll really unpack this next week. Next week. But get in a group. Get in a group. You've got to get in a group. If you want to find freedom, you've got to get in a group. And you go at your own pace because you might not want to talk too much in that group. That's cool. For months, you might not say anything because you want to trust this group. I get that. But get in a group. If you really want to come into freedom, and for some of you, if I can really challenge you, you don't just need to get in a group. You need to pioneer a group. Some of you need to pioneer some groups. Some of you have got it in you. And you're sitting there and you're waiting for somebody else to do the group. And God's just tapping you on the shoulder now as I speak and saying, you know what? Okay, gotcha. I need to start a group. And if that's you, I want you to process that. And next Sunday, just talk to Paul and talk to the guys who will be available for that. Thirdly, we want to help people. And we want to help people in two particular areas. And the, the, the two blocks that I just want to share about, and you know what's coming, are interconnected because we want people to discover their purpose and then we want people to go and make a difference. And our growth track is an incredible way of helping you find your purpose. It really is. Over 200 people attended growth track last year. Can I just say, if you are new to Arena Church, not new to faith, new to Arena Church, can I just encourage you to go through the growth track? It's not a new Christian's course. It's not an introduction into partnership with Arena Church. But it will help you understand more intensely and and more clearly the four steps that we believe in for that are going to help us to cause this to come to be a living reality. But if I can say if you are new in faith or you are trying to discover faith, can I encourage you also to just enroll? Like Josh said, I mean, it's worth the pizza alone, isn't it? It's worth, come on, help me this morning. It's worth the pizza alone. If all you're going to come in just to be fed, just come to be fed. It's no problem to us. Don't just be eat and then go, but just come and enjoy the meal. Seriously, no other connections, no other strings attached. Just come. Is that okay? So I fully expect some of you to just get booked in. There's cakes, there's chocolates. Every week it's a different meal. Oh, I can smell the food now. Wonderful. I think we should make it definitely this Indian one week, but I don't know whether we can, whether we can. Oh, I've now got the catering. They're all kicking off now. Sorry. I've really put my foot in it. I'm sorry. But, you know, just signing to Growth Track starts next, next week. Because we want to help people discover your purpose. On that, on that um, those four weeks, 
we, we just simply try and help you, not tell you what your purpose is, try and help you to discover the purpose. What I've realized is there's many people, Caroline had a conversation with somebody, they don't know a number of weeks ago, not from this church, people don't know what they're here for. They don't know what they should be doing. They're in jobs that they don't like. And they think, is this all my life consists of? And we simply just want to help people to discover their purpose. Are you with me this morning? We believe that everybody is uniquely gifted. And I honestly believe there is an inbuilt desire in everyone to make a difference in this world. I read this last week. I want It's worth reading it again. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 8 from the message. Isn't everything you have and everything you are sheer gifts from God? So what's the point of all this comparing and competing? You already have all you need. Can I just, if you're making statements, and I forgot to say, this is your gift. So this pad and pen is your gift. And I hope you have been making notes. And I hope you refer back to this podcast again. Because I want to make this really important statement under this point. Be you. Just be you. Don't try and be Kev Albis with his guitar. He just won. Well, did you like that? I quite liked it. I quite liked it. I quite liked it. I can do it left-handed as well. See, I'm just multi-talented. And multi- yeah. We can't all, all be as flamboyant and as trendy as Josh. And I say this really genuine. You know, I'm trying my best, but I'm not, I'm not a 20-something any longer. I'm just going to be me. I don't want to dress like a, an old Oh, I don't want to dress like an old person in that sense. I'm a dig- I feel embarrassed now. I'm just talking, I want to be me. And I want you to be you. And I want to celebrate you. I haven't always been like that. This is a church, honestly, we just want you to be you. We have an alignment, we have a culture, we have some behaviours, it's not a free-for-all, but we certainly don't want everybody just being like me, because that would be fatal. My wife loves me passionately. You do still love me passionately? Okay, yeah. But not everybody is wanting me in your life, you understand? Some people are looking for platforms and think this is what happens. It's not. I honestly want you to flow in your grace. Everybody has been given a grace, a gift where you're comfortable. And on that particular point, I wonder if I could just encourage my next guest who's going to talk about how she was helped to discover a purpose and then go and make a difference. So I wonder if we'd welcome Amelia to the platform. And Corey's just going to help her for a moment as well. Wonderful. And Corey... Her boyfriend is just going to help as well. And it's great to see Corey on a real journey as well. I'm thrilled, Corey, with all that God's doing in your life. It's terrific. And Debbie, you must be thrilled what God's doing. So, it's taller than you. <laughs> yeah, two of them all, that's true. Can, I, I just gave you one or two questions, but I wonder, just very quickly, if you could just tell us how long you've been a Christian. And how long you've been attending Arena Church, if you can remember? Um, okay, so I started coming to Arena Church when it used to be Oxton Christian Centre. Yeah. 
and that was back in 2001 with my parents. Um, and I can't remember when I actually gave my life to Jesus because I was a little kid. Yeah. But I got baptised in 2005. So I take that as the when I was Great. definitely on the journey. Okay, that's when you knew God. Yes. Yeah, okay. Now, just talk to us because in particular, I know you went through growth track. Can you just yeah. talk to us in terms of, you know, what you thought about it? Was it helpful? Um, it was really, it was helpful. I mean... I'd already um, sort of discovered what God wanted me to do when I went on growth track. But in the section where you do um, discover purpose, you do all sorts of different um, questionnaires and things. And, it, and all of the results came back with exactly what I already do. So Wonderful. It, was, it was really good. And I just want to ask, because we don't want to assume anything, can you just tell us where you are presently serving and how you're making a difference? Um, <laughs> Most of my time's taken up in supported housing down at community. <laughs> Come on, if we're going to do it, let's do it properly. <laughs> um, and I absolutely love that. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely great. Um, I also serve at the project. And, <laughs> um, and I'm on the welcoming team. And I also do um, social media for community. I think that. I think Can that's I just because I didn't ask this question? I know yeah. you did a degree, a theology degree. Yes. And you was wondering what on earth you was going to do outside of that, and just is there some connections now in terms yeah. of you running with purpose? Uh, yeah. So when I finished school, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So it was just let's just go to uni because that's what everybody does. Um, I did theology and religious studies, and it was it was not really what I expected. Um, everybody thinks that I'm an expert at the Bible, and I did hardly any Bible when I was at uni, so, you know. But when I finished that, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, but I just, I don't know, I just gave it all to God. So, yeah. I mean, Amelia's in her 20s, and uh, I am so, so excited for what God is doing in Amelia. And to see her, I mean, I can remember her, yeah. I... I, I I can remember Amelia coming, and Sean had a dramatic uh, experience of Jesus, a dad, and, and Debbie, and, and, and they're also the son, Luke, and started coming, and just seeing you really, I mean, you've actually not gone probably that much taller, but uh, no. I don't want to be rude, um, but, you know, to see Amelia blossom, and if I can say this, I've just alluded, see Corey, you know, mm. and now go out, to just see you blossoming. It's wonderful, guys, and just I have no greater desire than seeing people flourish because they've discovered their purpose and they're now making a difference. I wonder if we'll put it up for give it up for Amelia. Thank, Thank you. you. So you might say, okay, that's great. But what does this mean? Well, we want to help you find your purpose, just to underline it. I said, I want to be concise and clear. And then we want to encourage you to make a difference. We have over 60 teams in Arena with over 300 people serving as a valuable Dream Team member in church and community. Last year, it was wonderful to have Christmas parties and summer parties with hundreds attending as we celebrated the great work that everyone does. We're going to do that more and more because whatever you celebrate, you repeat. And we are, come on, I want, whatever you celebrate, you repeat. We're going to keep celebrating what God is doing amongst us. And these people continue to make a difference. If I can say this, this year we'll, 
hoping to see another hundred people serving in their God-given area of gifting. As we consider prayerfully how we can plant another arena campus into 2018. 2016 saw us get involved in Beth Shan Manchester and we've released Phil and Sharon as lead pastors there and I text them this morning and just had some communication with Phil today. Let's keep him very much in our prayers. And we at Arena Church are a support church of that. We're going to be releasing some people increasingly to Mansfield just to to mention you know, um, Nathan and Joanna, you're not going to see much of them as from March, as in on Sunday mornings, because they're going to be over in Mansfield. And tonight we'll be announcing the date when we're going to be, uh, you know, pushing on. And Stephen's going to be sharing tonight at Mansfield, our, our campus pastor. For those who don't know, just stand to your feet, will you, Stephen and Alini? Just stand up. I know most people, these are our campus pastors, and we're just so grateful that God's brought you here and, and just... And, and there's going to be people who are going to be released to Mansfield to just, you know, increasingly help, you know, a Sunday morning to just march forward. You know, you might think we're overstaffed. We're not. You might think that we've got it all together. We haven't. You might think there's no room for you to serve. It's a lie. We need you. We really do need you. And we want you to see people discover their purpose, and then release to make a difference. Listen to me carefully. We want you serving out of passion and purpose, not duty. So that's why we want to understand what God has gifted you with, uniquely gifted you to, so you can get on and do it. And Julie also mentioned the fact that in this discovering purpose and make a difference, we do need your help because we are sincere in wanting to release some strategic staff into, we know that we've got an incredible base, volunteer base, but we need some, a couple of strategic ministry staff appointments to just enable us to fuel growth in the life of the church. So what is my responsibility with these two? Discover my purpose, make a difference. Well, simply get on a growth track. You can sign up today for next week. If you can't do the consecutive four weeks, they're going to be running thick and fast throughout the year. You can do one and you can only do one and then you've got to pick up the next one. That's fine. But just get on it. Secondly, if you've already done that and you know what you're meant to be doing, get on a team. Don't wait. to. Don't just come on Sundays. If that's your journey at the moment, that's fine. But if you've been on your journey of Arena Church, you can't this home for years, get on a team. If we haven't got a team, come and talk to us about what you want to do. Get on a team. Because we want to help you to make a difference. As I close, this is really quickly now because I'm now over time. What will stop the dream? What will stop the dream? Because these all sound, when you work through, it's great. We've just finished the 21 days of prayer and fasting. But how many of you know, when you're in a fasting season, it doesn't all go wonderfully well. All hell can break loose at times. So what will stop this? Ourselves? Our attitudes, our own personal agendas, if we're overly fragile, thinking only of ourselves, settling and going small. These are some of the things that will stop us from this coming about. Because Joseph had a dream. But along the journey, there were three things that came up against him. The first thing I want to say is this really quickly. We could preach all this, but I won't. I promise. There were dream despisers. 
Dream despisers. If you're here and you despise this dream, okay. But I want to tell you, I for one, I'm holding myself to this dream. And you might despise it, and Joseph had it, because when he told the dream, probably a little bit unwisely to his brothers, it says this, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. You may be excited about this dream, but your partner might not be at home. The people on the street might not be. People from other churches might not be. But I'm telling you this much. We've got to refuse the dream despisers. Because Joseph had them. The second thing is, there are dream distractors. And Joseph had it. He passed an incredible test here. On many, many levels. Because there was, he found himself in a house of privilege. And in this house of privilege, in Potiphar's house, a leader of that community the Potiphar would have undoubtedly had a very beautiful wife. And day after day, it records in the Bible, she said to Joseph, who was young, virile, handsome, and she said to him, come to bed with me. Come to bed with me. She wanted to sleep with him. She wanted him. But Joseph had a dream. And he realized that that was a dream distractor. And day after day, it says she came to him, but he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. We have to push back on those dream despisers and we certainly have to run away from those dream distractors. There'll be people who try and distract you and pull away from what God has for you. Can I say Stephen and Alini and we're together. Let's maintain that we're going to be not distracted. There's going to be people who are going to come and try and distract what God is wanting to do there in Mansfield. But we're going to remain resolute in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? We're not going to allow the distractors to come to us. Those people who have all kinds of opinions, we're going to stay resolute. And thirdly, dream dismisses. Joseph interpreted a dream for the cupbearer. And in Genesis 40, he said to him, just remember me. When you're with, when you're with uh, you know, the um, Pharaoh, just remember me. But it says in Genesis 40, verse 23, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. It gets worse. He forgot him. Dream dismisses. We have dream despisers and dream distractors. And then there are dream dismissers. It's like, I've not even heard this. Listen, what do we need to do? We need to be resolute. We need to be strong. We need to contend. We need to believe God in the midst of all that can be around us. Not just in the good time, but in the bad times. We're going to remain together, united, strong. Think well of one another. Love one another. Give, even when it hurts. Sacrifice, even when it hurts. Even though it may cost us a lot, we're still going to do it in Jesus' name. And we're going to encourage and fuel the dream. What do we need? Dream contenders, dream encouragers, dream fuelers. And dream enablers. Anybody say amen to that? That's what we need. That's what we need. So, to be clear, to go and grow and love and serve our world, well, no, to know God, weekend services, find freedom, get in a group, discover your purpose, get through growth track and make a difference. Get on a dream team. And may the Lord continue to fuel us as we walk into our future, I wonder if we bow our heads in prayer.